2: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A. AM member FDIC.
3: Tom, are you ready to go
4: global? Kevin, I was born ready. As someone who used to live in Brazil, as someone who uh, you know, lives in the the international culinary capital of the world, Charlotte, North Carolina. I can't wait for a season 20 Top Chef Global All-Stars. Let's go, Kevin.
3: I'm Kevin Arnovitz
4: and I'm Tom Haberstroh
3: Tom it is March that means Top Chef season 20 is upon us and the show has blown up we are not going to provincial capitals we are not even going to American megapolises. they are going to London England Um, and more than that I think more interestingly they have attracted a cast of Top Chef chef testants that range from the Middle East and North Africa to Poland Um, to Thailand. Uh, They have decided that they are going to leverage the great Top Chef empire. If if you do not know, Top Chef is a show that has been replicated in dozens of other countries and regions. Um, It is not merely an American phenomenon, at least not anymore. And what the show has decided to do and what Pack Your Knives is going to chronicle is A whole menagerie of chefs who come from all kinds of culinary, linguistic and um, global traditions. And Tom, it's kind of a really it's a it's a it's a new thing for the show.
4: It is. It is. And uh, they're going to start out in London. And then for the grand finale, they're going to go to Paris, um, which Which I've never been (laughs) Yeah, it is, and and I want to get your thoughts here because I've studied in London. You've you've been to London a whole bunch of times. You have family there, so like you probably have more of an experience in London, a better, a richer experience of of culinary exploits than I have, which I was there for a couple months as a student. And so you can imagine me in two thousand six uh, with a couple uh, pounds in my pocket, trying to trying to afford the british lifestyle and it di- i didn't get very far beyond like i'm going to buy a salad from Saintsbury's and a 3 liter cider bottle that was going to sustain us for the entire semester um it w- i didn't get to go eat the the various cuisine as much as i i would hope.
3: um well, well true story london only discovered food about 15 to 20 years ago like sometime <laughs> during the blair um reign uh it is it is it is, it is it is not a great culinary tradition, as much as the show might uh, like us to believe that. In fact, um, the quality of this cuisine has only been bolstered by the innovation of its colonial subjects. If it were not for sort of the great South Asian culinary traditions, West Indian culinary traditions, uh, as part of the British Commonwealth, um, London would be every bit the wasteland in, in terms of culinary tradition that it was when I first went in the late 90s. Um, it was a moral emergency. It is one of the worst. Like, I, I, in fact, I— <laughs> Tom, I was in London last week because my niece, Maya, was getting bat mitzvahed, and I had, I think, one of the only first great London meals I've ever had in in the last 25 years in uh, in a lovely part of town called Islington in North London um, at an Italian joint called Trullo, but uh, this is not a great food city. Um, and and in fact, it's always interesting you, if you go to Omakase, you get a lesser version of what you would find in Tokyo, Los Angeles, or San Francisco or New York, right? Like you go and eat French food Well, you might as well just go across the channel. Like their Italian food is not what, um, by and large you can find in Italy. Like it is just, so it um, is a mosaic, but it's not the best. Yeah, it's a mosaic, Um, but again, one of the great things is that, but if you want to go find great uh, Pakistani food, boy, you're in, you're in, you're in for a treat. If you want to go find great Jamaican food, you're in for a treat. Um, and and so there there is great food there, but but England as a like the the Anglo Saxons are are not, uh, the, the, nor the Norman Conquerors, nobody really produced great culinary uh, tradition here. Um, this is a recent development, and, and, and truthfully, I mean, Tom, bagging on London food is sort of a tradition of, of food people for, 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 for generations. So uh, <laughs> we will occasionally bag on London food or, or the idea that they're any good at food. Um, by well, the way, you will never see a piece of meat that isn't completely overcooked. You will never see uh, – if you want your fish not hammered, you have to specifically oh, no. beg the, the server um, for, for that sort of um, – for that kind of preparation. Well, it, um, they it, overcook it everything. Is-
4: it is it is a place that um they've decided to do their first foray probably because it is just like a, a great um i don't know a great hub uh it's got a bunch of airports and it's great you know uh a, a lot of different ways to get to london so it's a good place to have top chef global olympics the the host city of that but what's interesting about this kevin is that they're they're pulling the pool of contestants are from past seasons it's not a yes. hey here's the best chef in Thailand or here is the best chef in Poland these are contestants who have competed on top chef um the different franchises and these are contestants that have gone far um, a lot of them are winners in past seasons um some are finalists but I just went to the Wikipedia Kevin mm-hmm. um, did some research on the on the top chef franchises and there are seven as far as I could tell seven. Live franchises: Top Chef Brazil, Top Chef Canada, Top Chef France/Belgium, slash Top Chef Mexico, Top Chef Middle Eastern North African, Top Chef Panama, and Top Chef Thailand. But did you know that there was a Top Chef El Salvador, Kevin? I did not. Did you know that there was a Top Chef Finland, which was called Top Chef Top Chef Swomi? We've had we've had. Top Chef. There's been like 20 plus different Top Chefs. So we've had um, a lot of different forays into the Top Chef Dominion. We got Romania uh, in 2012. They did. They had a short lived Top Chef Romania, and it's just, it's kind of interesting to see. A lot of these shows started taking place in 2012, 2013, um, and then some of them. Came about in 2016, so it does kind of. You're almost seeing like the the uh, I don't know, like the genealogy of Top Chef. Is there's like these waves of when they decide to you know expand the empire?
3: Yeah, I'm actually looking at the Top Chef Finland, which is uh, the Suomi, and boy, was that a competitive season. The top two players each had like two wins, three highs. Um, there, there is because uh, they, they have that little color-coded chart that we, you, and I enjoy so much. Um, oh, they do. Yeah, and I mean, you didn't even mention Top Chef Germany, which um, has produced some of the bigger, uh, quite a contender here for for this season. Why don't we go through the contestants real quick? Because I mean, we are gonna. Um, this is our this is our maiden voyage for season twenty. Um, if you were listening, it is probably because you're very excited that Top Chef is coming back. Hopefully, you're excited that Pack Your Knives is coming back. We are going to do our big draft. Um, we will drop that uh, very soon after. In fact, I think we should drop Tom. We will be dropping that the night of, um, mm-hmm. immediately following the episode. But, uh, let's just Thursday, kind
4: of- March 9th, for those who are listening, Thursday, March 9th is the season one premiere of Top Chef London slash All Stars.
3: Uh, I'm just gonna queue it up and let's just quickly run through the cast. And you tell me, you can tell me something interesting, something uninteresting. Um, quick impressions. We're gonna go in alphabetical order, Samuel Albert. Okay, so winner of Top Chef season ten, France. South. They've had ten seasons at least uh, in France. So, um, in France, obviously being, I mean, hey, I mean, uh, if you're, if you're, if you're a Top Chef France winner, that means you are as good as anybody, right?
4: Yeah. So let's run through these quickly. Um, We've got uh, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. I don't know how to pronounce it in French, um, but Samuel has uh, a restaurant in his own family's house which is really cool in Sioux cells. I'm gonna, again I'm going to butcher all of these words and names this this season so just get ready buckle in um which is in like a little township within a a larger city of 5000 people so this is um He's not a small town chef, though. He is a guy who's trained under Joel Robichon in Monaco and London. He worked all over the globe in Australia, uh, Switzerland, Shanghai and Kevin, because he won Top Chef season 10 in uh, Belgium. Uh, slash France, He won the order of the Belgian crown. I, is he now a prince or something? What does that mean, Kevin? If you're, if you win the order of the Belgian crown.
3: I mean, I guess like, like King Leopold, it means that like they assign you to Congo or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> like I, um, I, I forgotten that Belgian had a crown um, until quite recently, but that That's, seems like a really big deal. Yeah, I'm so very s- bad at all those sort of royal distinctions and in weird monarchism or like atavistic monarchism. I don't get any of that shit. So, um, I don't either, but, but it so sounds, it sounds like a really big deal.
4: It does. And it's in his bio. So I'm going to assume that it's true. And then it's a pretty prestigious thing. So, um, who's next?
3: Um, who is next is, I, I imagine this is a Haberstro favorite, uh, Luciana Berry top chef winner season two, Brazil, however, is London based. So, in odd in an odd sense, this is a she is kind of one of the home kind of one of the home chefs here uh, in terms of this is a there's a home field advantage for her. She's
4: she's the hometown hero, if we want to call that. Um, she is although she's from Salvador, which is the famously the the home of Carnival, um, which my parents went to. Uh, which maybe I maybe it was conceived around Carnival. I don't know. Is that too much information there, Kevin? Sorry, I don't know. I don't know. It couldn't possibly be because I used to live in Brazil, so I'm getting my timeline all mixed up. But the whole point is that Carnival, the biggest, largest party in the world, is where Luciana is from in Salvador, Brazil, which is a coast... It's in Bahia, which is a, a coastal state um, on the northeastern coast of Brazil. And... She won season two of Top Chef, like you mentioned, and she's um, in private catering as well. So it's not that she has her own restaurant, which there's a few private chefs on this cast, uh, but she is an ambassador of Brazilian cuisine in Europe. So she is living in in London in the UK, but she is coming from Brazil and is a big ambassador of Brazilian cuisine. So I'm a big fan of Luciana.
3: Um, we know the next guest. Uh next chef. She has been a guest on Pack Your Knives. Um, she has sent us care packages, and her name is Sarah Bradley. You know her as a finalist of Top Chef Season 16, Kentucky. Tom, Sarah's back. Thrilled to see Sarah in the mix here.
4: Yeah, I'm super excited to see Kentucky's finest, um, Sarah Bradley. She was um she was a finalist with one of our favorite seasons with uh, Eric Ajapong, Eddie Conrad. I think we had Eddie on the show uh, from Philly. Um, And that was famously Nini's season, Kevin, which last season you, you said was one of your, your biggest busts that you've you've had in the draft was just, ah, I I drafted NeNe too high. And so Sarah Bradley's coming from that season of Top Chef. I'm so excited to see her. Um, And how often do you get to see someone from Paducah being uh, Paducah, Kentucky being, you know, on the platform of a global, you know, culinary competition. So I'm excited to see Sarah
3: compete. And one of these days I I do hope we have occasion to be in Paducah Kentucky because we, we we do need to go to the freight house which is Sarah's joint in that place um and and for some bourbon and some dinner and and that would be uh, that, that is on my list um, for my next U.S road trip uh also reappearing Don burrell I mean season 18 Portland and that that covid season that was right um mm-hmm. and she was a finalist and we, and we all know Don's story she was I think one of the more, more distinct Shift testants um, that we've seen in terms of in terms of personal style, in terms of strengths, in terms of flaws. Um, she she is is much discussed, uh fascinating player in the competition.
4: Literally a player, an athlete, uh Olympian turned sh- chef. And so when I heard about this, Kevin, that they were doing a global competition of, of top chef finalists and winners from around the world, I was hoping Dom was gonna be a part of this because come on, you have, a, you have an Olympian track and field athlete. In the fraternity sorority of the Top Chef, we would love to see Dawn competing on the global stage once again. And she is. um, She is here. And we kind of saw last season she was part of um, the guest judges. So not only did she compete in season 18 uh, as a finalist, she was also kind of on TV in a bunch of roles in last season. So her trajectory, uh, well-deserved uh, as, as fast as we've seen on top chef. So she had, of course, Kevin, um, you well know, because I drafted her and then traded her to your team. She has some time management issues and we're just hoping that she, she fixes all those for this season while she, she goes to the, to London.
0: Hello, listener. Guess Who's back. It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turn podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about butcher box. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breasts or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash dings and use code dings, D I N G S to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first
3: order. Um, Jordanian Ali Ghazawi. is, was the winner of Top Chef Middle East, North Africa, season three, Lebanon. Um, really interesting, really, really just interesting pedigree. Um, kind of like like in terms of like the Royal Academy of Culinary Arts, like has done all the, you know, when you go abroad, the, the sort of those high-end restaurants in places like the Ritz and the Four Seasons, you know, sort of the top hotels, uh, very big Michelin star kind of pedigree here. So he is a... He is a fascinating contestant. I'm actually just really excited. I mean, Middle East and North Africa. um, I did some eating in Oman uh, over the summer since we last convened. And uh, I, I just it is I think it's an underrepresented cuisine in Top Chef. And so I'm really excited that it is going to be a part of Top Chef season 20.
4: Yeah. And he's got a really big following too. He's kind of a celebrity. He's yeah. uh, He's got a half a million followers on Instagram. Not that that's a measure of your, yourself as a person, but uh, to put it in perspective, Gail has like 300,000 and same with Tom. This guy, Ali is a huge deal. Huge um, so we have a, a celebrity among celebrities on this show, Ali Ghazawi. He is, um, in his bio, it says, Kevin, during high school, Ali discovered his passion for food and would make 150 sandwiches a day, selling them to everyone on campus, including faculty members. Ali, if you're listening, we need that story. What kind of sandwich were you making 150 sandwiches a day and distributing it amongst your your friends and family and everyone on campus? Is it, a, it like is it a PB and J? Like I'm trying to think of what is the the most efficient sandwich you could make? 150 every day in high school that that seems like a lot
3: yeah uh our our next is um tom goethe from top chef season one germany finalist uh trained under nobody other than thomas keller himself mr french laundry um is also kind of one of these uh, I'm always, always fascinated with the people who direct uh, food and beverage on these uh, yachts and these in these boats and he does that as well. So Wait a minute, um, Kev.
4: Don't even don't even try to feign this excitement about a cruise ship guy cuz I remember your take on cruise ships.
3: Yeah, I, I, the less we say about the cruise ship thing the better. Um, <laughs> it is, it is, it also also cruises also known as is hostaging. Um, <laughs> it is just why well, anybody would ever want to be on a cruise is beyond me. Um, yeah,
4: he's a, he's the ex chef for the scenic eclipse, which is a six star world's first discovery yacht. I thought it just went to five star. There's a six star category.
3: It goes to 11. Um, yeah, what does a six star yacht look like? Like, can we, can we, we'll, we'll need to have Tom on, uh, hopefully he will become a listener as many of the chef testants are listeners of pack your knives. Tom, if you are a listener, we want to know exactly what makes um, a, a, six rig, a six star yacht. Wow. Are we talking about like Paul, the late Paul Allen, the Octopus? Wasn't that the name of Paul Allen's boat? I think the so. Octopus. Um, it is. Is but, it
4: like once you have a helipad, then you you achieve this six star status, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, okay.
3: but uh, it's still a boat. At the end of the day, you're still drifting, and you can't get off. And we <laughs> can. Not con- it's just is not g- no. It's not, it is gonna not gonna a work consequence I want. Um. <laughs> So Nicole Gomes uh, is a Canadian contestant who was the winner of Top Chef Canada's All Star seasons, which which is a real distinction. I mean, think about it, right? Like, so yeah. she won, you know, the Mightiest of the Mighty, and uh, so she, she she should be somebody to reckon with.
4: She's a jazz yeah. singer. Uh, she nice. beat Bobby Flay. Um, so she has that badge on her arm. She also uh, owns a chicken joint called the Cluck and Cleaver. So I think I think chicken joints have the most uh, fun names. Like, don't don't you feel that way? Is that fried chicken joints always have just a like, very bubbly name to them?
3: Yeah, I think they're they're genre of restaurants that are very fun to name. I think chicken. The, the best of those is Vietnamese because you can do pho. So you can have faux short mm. or, um, you know, for real you can, you can do all kinds of But chicken does lend itself given the whole cluck and bird and wing. You, you, you can do all kinds of stuff. Uh, when it comes to the, the nomenclature of chicken joints, I'm looking at her menu. They got the rotisserie. she got the crispy fried chicken. This is a, this is a very, very smart utilitarian thing. And they also do biscuits. Now I don't know what we think of biscuits in places like Calgary, Alberta, um, there are people who grew up in our region who, who, do they it, rise?
4: Like do the biscuits in Calgary rise? That's the just, question, right? You like, but, you know,
3: but Calgary is kind of a country town in, in many ways though. I mean, it's a city, but it is like, it is, it's the rodeo capital of North America, arguably. So, um, you know, it, it, though it is North of the border, it has some real kind of,
2: uh, you know,
3: has as has some cred in, the, in that department. Uh, Victoire, uh, is the top chef, Season two Italy finalist. Um, she is also a native of Browseville, which I believe is that also where um, Sergi Baca is from? It could be um in the Congo I I, I believe I, I believe that is I, I don't wanna I'm not entirely sure but I believe she shares a hometown with one of our favorites Sergi Baca um, the People's Republic of Congo. Um, and she comes via Italy though which is where she she has cut her teeth as a as a chef.
4: Yeah, she's also the creator host of cooking TV programs for Sky TV. Um, So she's not only a great cook or a great chef, um, and she comes from Africa and has uh, lots of different cuisines under her uh, umbrella. She also is really good on TV. So I got to imagine that she's going to be. I don't know on our scouting report for our draft. I think she gets a couple points for for understanding the TV medium and what works and what doesn't. So I kind of feel like that's a little um, a little like up for her.
3: And look, I also love the idea. I mean, it, 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 she she talks about both her um, affinity for both African cuisine and Italian cuisine, and I I, I love that kind of fusion. And that's always fun. Um, Charbel Hayek, no relation to Frederick, presumably, um, is a Lebanese chef. Um, who was also a winner of a Top Chef Middle East, North Africa. This one's season five in Saudi Arabia. Um, and actually kind of trained here in Los Angeles at Melis, which is kind of a, if you go like the, the one of the most prestigious restaurants in this city over the last 30 years, it's just it's it's an easy call. And so, again, very, very uh, prominent pedigree lives in Florida now works as a private chef always interested Tom we we needed some point to do kind of the query of you know private caterers private chefs how do they fare overall in top chef competition is it a good proving ground is it not a big proving ground um but uh he comes with some serious cred here
4: yeah and i i don't know how many lebanese uh, global globally known chefs are in lake worth florida which is a, i think it's sandwiched between like west palm beach and uh Boca I think is like worth I actually thought it would be more like Orlando area Disney World no, no, area it's off it's
3: off of 95 it's definitely off of 95 on that sort of that whole south of West Palm down to Boca in Pompano kind of that whole corridor in South Florida
4: Yeah there's there's a few of these private chefs we got uh Victor uh we have Charbel here and then also Gabriel Rodriguez, which we'll get into later. But yeah, we have a few private chefs here that uh, it always makes me feel like this is um, the they're going to be kind of going uphill here in this competition. But we've had some successful private chefs. But you're right. We need to do a study and figure out uh, what backgrounds are the most successful.
3: Um, our next contestant needs very little introduction. It's Budalo. <sighs> he don't waste no time. Coming back, he is the defending champion. When, when, Tom, has there ever been a top chef defending his or her crown in the subsequent season? I don't think so. You know this this
4: is a really good question and I'd imagine it's kind of like he's got a shortened off season. You he already he he just came off and normally you see these chefs come back you know several years down the line but Kevin this is kind of like coming out of the bubble and having to start a season like yesterday, you know? This is a a shortened off season for Buddha. I I worry about the load management that he has or maybe this is, you know, he's got the hot hand, Kevin. You want to go with the hot hand.
3: Um I noticed that like between the hair and like the look, he's kind of, uh, he's ready for TV. Oh, he's like, you know what? I did the same thing this
4: morning. I I was looking at his uh, highlights from, from last season. He's lost some weight. He looks, he
3: looks really good. He is a man who is ready for TV celebrity. Bless his heart. I still, (laughs) uh, I got to get to, by the way, I got to get to Marquis Caviar and Huso um, in New York. It is, I'm over I haven't been in New York since before COVID. I'm coming Buddha. It is, it is unquestionable. But um, boy, I am am so excited. The Buddha's here. That was one of the great, great and also just kind of a natural contestant for this. It's not just that he won Top Chef Houston. Um, He is a kid who grew up in Australia of kind of Southeast Asian culinary traditions. Um, I mean, he is sort of the ultimate, you know, but loves cooking sort of classically like he is. He is sort of he personifies the whole spirit of this season. Um, Dale McKay is a Canadian chef who won. He was the first ever winner of Top Chef Canada, season one. Um, and he is from Saskatchewan right next door to Alberta. So we've got some kind of those interior, uh, those big rectangular interior uh, Canadian provinces are represented well in this season.
4: Yeah, this this seems like he's got like um, his whole house is just a bunch of leather. This guy, Dale's got a great big mustache. Um, it it kind of reminds me of Joe Sasto and his like curly mustache there with a the little twirl at the end. Dale's got a serious... Uh, a- I'm sure he has just nothing but plaid and just basically got the whole lumberjack look going. He's from Saskatchewan, Canada, and he's got um, like four or five restaurants in his uh, in his portfolio that he runs. Um, So Dale McKay, he seems like a very different contestant than what what we typically see on this show. Um, But he's a little bit more of a restaurateur than than what I would I expected. He's an Iron Chef gauntlet participant. Firemasters and Wall of Chefs. I don't know that show, but I'm excited.
3: Um our next contestant is May uh Phatana Tongtong who was the finalist in Top uh, A Finals in Top Chef season 1 Thailand. Um it, it's interesting, uh, born and raised in Chiang Mai, so in the north, which is a you know somewhat different um Thai cuisine than a lot of folks who are used to eating kind of the Phuket southern thai style um kind of closer to isan and um going to be a really interesting test uh, testant just because uh the, the northern thai is just some really banging stuff like it's just good i'm really excited that they got someone um from that part of the world uh for a for a global competition in london that's going to yeah.
4: be super Kevin cool. i was wondering if if you were going to do like which country or which show top chef would have the strong, like you're most excited to see them cook. Like where's Thailand on the list? You have got Poland, you got Brazil, you've got Italy and North African cuisine. Where, where, which one are you most excited? There's Germany as well. Is France and Belgium, all that. Is there, is there a top chef franchise winner or finalist in this competition that, Ooh, I can't wait to see what they cook up.
3: Um, Well, I will say as, as, as a person of Polish descent, um, theoretically, uh, I, I am not excited to see Polish culinary cuisine because it's all beige. Uh, no, Th- Thailand's got to be right up there, especially northern Thailand. Like it's just going to be a really fun. Um, it, it's just it, it's it, it's such a great palate, and um, you know you're right up there on the Lao border. You got that kind of larb. You got you got all kinds of stuff there. So I, I'm I'm really excited about. It. I think you know I I think Southeast Asia is still just so much fun to watch in terms of flavor profile and what you can do how it also can incorporate even more than japan like like japan's kind of a beautiful standalone cuisine um what makes thailand and thai food so fun is just how versatile and easy like you can incorporate other culinary traditions in thai food and vice versa and i think that's really i, I just i'm really excited they found someone um from top chef
4: thailand. yeah and it reminds me of um uh, Jamie chef Jamie Tran from uh I think it was Portland who uh, has that Las Vegas restaurant black sheep um, who did very well on this show she was the one who kind of like um was like the ventriloquist who would have lo- make all the sounds on the on top chef so uh definitely a strong
3: pedigree on this show
4: so I'm excited I'm excited to see uh May compete on this season
3: um Begonia Rodrigo is the winner of Top Chef Season 1, Spain. Owns a restaurant people love in Valencia called La Salida, which, by the way, you can only get a reservation. You know the l- earliest time you can get a reservation even on a Monday night? This um, is the funny um, thing about eating out in Spain, Tom. Eight o'clock. You want to eat at 7.30? No, we're not open yet. This was a, this was my great revelation about eating out in, in Spain Um, uh, when I was there with Eric in 2019, is... It was like, oh, all they have is nine o'clock. No, no, no. The place just opens at nine. Um, so Begonia is got a Michelin star to her name. Um, she's she she is, if you're if you're kind of doing the badass rankings in the roster here, she is, I think, at the top of the heat.
4: Oh yeah, she's the only one, as far as I can tell, that has a Michelin star to her name. Um, and also it's a cool story. She studied in industrial engineering and left for Amsterdam um, at a young age, and then decided while she was in Amsterdam, like I want to be a chef, and then rose from there to having a Michelin star. So um Begonia, she is as as far as I can tell, the most uh uh acclaimed of any of the restaurant uh the the chefs on this season. Uh, A big juggernaut going into this season, for sure.
3: Uh, We have Gabri Rodriguez, who won Top Chef Season 2 Mexico, now lives in Madrid, Um, cut his teeth in Mazatlan, in sort of the fine dining scene there uh, in that large Mexican city. And uh, yeah, so Mexico is represented.
4: Yeah, he now lives in Madrid. Um, he's a private chef, so another one of the private chefs here on the show. Um, he won season two of Top Chef Mexico, uh, so I think it's been a while since he since season two Top Chef Mexico. I'm just guessing. I gotta um, imagine, yeah. But yeah, uh, excited to have Gabri on the show and see what these private chefs do in the competition.
3: So um, finally. Amar Santana, whose restaurant I just ate at less than two weeks ago. Um, oh, you did? Yes, down in South Coast uh, Plaza, down in Costa Mesa, because uh, Eric and I were going to see. It's where we like to go. We like to go to his restaurant before we see plays at the South Coast Rep, So we kind of make an evening of it. Um, Eric is a particular fan at vodka. There's a little less for me to eat there now that I'm not eating vodka. But, um, yeah, it is—that is—, uh, that is uh, we just ate there two weeks ago, and it is it is really really good. Um, vodka does a great job. Uh, even though I couldn't eat most of the menu, I I, I my scallops were wonderful. Um, we saw appropriate, um, which was the Obie Award play from Brandon Jacobs Je- uh, Jenkins, and we had a lovely dinner beforehand, courtesy of Amar.
4: Yeah, at Vodka. Um- Amar has been in the top chef uh, in know, rotation for quite a while, and now he's getting back into the competition. So that's exciting. He's always just a happy guy. he just always got a f- smile on his face, very positive light on the show. So I'm excited to see Amar compete. And I don't want to skip over pe- oh, Kevin. I, I, you're right. I did. I missed. Yeah. I missed Sylvia. Sylvia, who is uh, born and raised in Poland, and she runs her own cooking school called Cookshe. Um, and she was trained at a Gordon Ramsay restaurant. She's a teacher um, of of culinary, and she occasionally is a private chef. But basically, she runs Cookshi, which is really cool.
3: Right. She is way on the Ukrainian border there in Lublin, um, not far, probably not more than 25 miles. Uh, I, I, I suspect—I I hope we will see a pierogi. As somebody who inha- uh, shares a home with a Pittsburgher, I-, I hope we do see some pierogi action. I'd be very disappointed if Celia does not treat us to pierogies at some point. Um, but she also won Top Chef, ball and she she's she is going to be, um, I-, I think, a force to be reckoned with. So uh, and also just a great. I mean, let's get the Eastern European culinary tradition for all of its failings. God damn it, let's just do it anyway. Um, <sighs> we we do want. Um, we, we do i i mean i'm gonna rag on british food i'm gonna rag on eastern european food um that that is kind of my way so um but that's that's the list 16 chefs we are going to draft them tom uh on uh, we will be dropping our draft what you said march 9th thursday right after the premiere of the season and um these will be our 16 so get your board going man
4: Yeah, I've got I've got it. I'm already I'm already taking notes on what you've said about the chefs here um, so that I can kind of create not only my big board, but also Kevin's big board. So I'm studying up here. Uh, I know that you've already I don't know whether you're trying to play me where you're trying to show your hand, but trying to throw me off um, a little bit with the whole Poland hate and all that. Um, Eastern European and British cuisine hate. I'm, I'm trying to trying to discern whether this is an actual front or not. But basically we have seven North American chefs, four from the U.S., uh, Budalo, Sarah Bradley, Amar Santana, Don Burrell. Um, those are the four contestants from Top Chef America, um, the flagship program. And then we have two from Top Chef Canada, uh, one from Mexico. We have five from Europe. So we got France, Germany, Italy, Spain, Poland, also the Middle East North Africa with Ali and Charbel. We've got one in Thailand, May, and one from South America, Brazil, Luciana. So a really good mix here. Um, 11 different shows from around the world. And uh, I'm excited. And Kevin, you know, we've lamented a little bit on this show that the stakes don't feel so high with uh, all these established, already known chefs on Top Chef. A diversion from what the... The humble beginnings of Top Chef used to be about is the the scrappy, hungry, young chef who wants to hit the big stage. We're not getting that this season, but I do think that this is going to be fun to watch. Not just the the different chefs interacting with their food, but also the language barriers, the cultural barriers, all of it in a kitchen. And it's going to be really fun and interesting to watch.
3: Really excited. Download our draft on March 9th right after you finish watching Top Chef season 20 premiere um, and Tom I gotta go to work I, I gotta scout, I gotta make some calls I gotta watch some film uh, I, I gotta get going because I, I I, I'm on a roll I finally I think have figured out how to identify this talent and, and I, I I just um, I'm, I'm looking to have a good draft yeah you
4: gotta make up for your number one overall pick last year Robert who flaked oh, yeah. out after four yeah. episodes
3: for Tom Aberstroh this is Kevin ornaments and this is Pack Your Knives.